Um, how are you folks? Welcome to another episode of Yogi Dave's Hobby Podcast, the podcast where I talk about everything from uh, tabletop RPGs, tabletop war games and tabletop board games. Uh, today um, we have Phil Lochner from Ordelia Publishing. Um, so we're going to talk about the domains uh, RPG that he's writing. How you doing? Yeah, hey, oh, quite well. Hard like hell here, but okay. <laughs> it's bearable. <laughs> ah, yeah, the heat is a wee bit, mm, wee bit much. I will say. Um, yeah, especially that it's thirty-eight degrees Celsius out there. Yeah. Well, it was twenty-five here yesterday, and you'll know Scottish people that we don't do well with the heat. We we can we can do well with Cape Cold, but we can't do well with the heat. It's, it's not fun. <laughs> um, so, as I was saying in the intro, you are um, the man behind Orderly Publishing and the Domains RPG. Um, yep. Just explain a little bit about it for us. Well, about five or six years ago, I wanted to make a narrative horror game because at that time, the most Games which we play horror, unfortunately, uh, everything was either utterly crunchy or fluffy. Nothing in between. Uh, at that time, you've got your Call of Cthulhu and Fate. That was about yeah, what we played. And Call of Cthulhu was too crunchy for me. It's perfect with the current 7th edition, but still not that right. And Fate was just too fluffy, so I started working on my own system. That evolved over the last six years, and in the end, it's right now as it is a uh, survival horror narrative tabletop role playing game that focuses on the character's feelings and the character's sense of horror. It's intended to make every experience for the player exactly as it is for the character, due to the main narrative control that the, that the player has over the character. Basically, if something happens to your character, you're in control. You're steering it, you're doing it. Yep. That's pretty cool. I mean, as, as somebody who is um, working on his own RPG, I can understand the the frustration. Um, my biggest frustration is with, you know, the D&D and Pathfinder. You know, that they're so similar that they just... They, they don't really work for a lot of the stuff that you want to do. Um, and, and the realism as well for me. I know it's it's a bit weird to go. Oh, it's not realistic because it's fantasy, but um, you know they use strength for melee combat and stuff like that. And you're like, well, no, that doesn't work. You know, I, I can understand where you're coming from for that. Yeah, well, the system is good for fantasy and everything, but D and D for everything else. Ah, I'm still an AD and D second edition guy, so. Yeah. It's sword and sorcery, it's pulp fiction, and that's about it. <laughs> you can't do anything besides pulp fiction, sword and sorcery with it. And my primary problem with the systems and are that they focus on one kind of narrative. Let's call it narrative instead of genre. Uh, basically, the goal of Call of Cthulhu, you're only playing Call of Cthulhu. You're, you can't play anything else. Yeah. You're locked into that type of game. <laughs> so, my primary focus was to create a game that focuses on the feeling and on the genre itself 
basically it's a tool set that allows you to make any kind of horror game you want mm-hmm. as long as it has a lasting and really disturbing impact on your character because that's the point of horror, how you handle the negative aspects. Yeah. And, well, as you said, I, I mean, I've played everything. Uh, from the old AD&D rules on Sanity, uh, Call of Duty D20 edition, yeah, don't clinch me for that one. Uh, I've played Call of Duty in basic RPG and the basic RPG system. Uh, tried it fate, tried everything. Uh, but I always felt that those games lacked something. Uh, so I looked up to ta- uh, to non-tabletop RPGs, uh, mainly computer games, uh, survival horror games, and uh, Resident Evil and the like. Yep. And saw how much actual narrative content they have with a few limitations and a few let's call it tricks of the tree, to get that feeling over. So, yeah, uh, I kind of tried working with that uh, to get the rules set done. Basically, the first thing that I had to say was there are no passive actions. Unless it's said, nothing happens. Uh, with that, I think we kind of got to the closest feeling of isolation and that dread when you're in, inside of a survival horror role-playing game or something. You have to feel vulnerable. It's not the sort of game where you feel empowered with, like Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, you saw a dragon level 5, it's awesome, it's it's a bloody genius, but still, that's not what you want in a horror game. You want to feel weak, you want to know that your character will die at every step. Yeah. But the rules not only have to be like, yeah, uh, bamf, you're shot, you're dead, roll up a new character. They actually have to facilitate the whole aspect of what happens inside your character's mind when you're dying, when when everything goes to shreds, when it gets dark? And that's basically how I went with it. Yeah. Uh, the system evolved from there. Uh, basically, at first it was like skill-based systems. So I said, wait, if we're going narrative, what's the most important thing in a narration? Scenes. Yeah. Is it important what kind of skill a character has in a scene? No, no actually not. If you're writing a... Script, you don't actually say, yeah, he's going to do this. No, 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 he's going to try to find a way out of it. So I basically went with a system like that, and I tried to create a little something that with the narrative control of the character going directly to the player, making sure that everything that happens inside the game is active. Mm-hmm. You want to block that blow. Okay, tell me you're doing it. You want to do this, you want to do that. Sure, but wait your little a lot of time and do it in your own time, mm-hmm. you can't react to things. Mm-hmm. If you want to react to things, wait for it. And with that, I think I I actually got quite close to the old school uh, horror movies where people just stand there talking and, oh my God, what's happening there? And th- that's kind of the feeling I wanted with that game. The, yeah. the whole desperation, the... The feeling of uselessness, and yet you can do something. You can strive going for it. Uh, I would say that that was primary due to the introduction to mm-hmm. the Dark Heresy fantasy yeah. flight games line, which I actually explained it's not about winning, it's about fighting the fight and trying, pushing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A little bit more. I like, um, what's the worst in it? One we've got, um, <laughs> 
Oh, we've got one of the board games from Fantasy Flight, the, the Arkham Horror ones, the Elder thing. We've yeah. got that. Um, and first game we played, we won. And how on earth we won is beyond me. But then the second game, um, we lost. And lost very badly. But that that's not the point. That was the, you know, it's the striving to beat this particular, you know, elder, old one. Yeah. Old one. Aye, old one. <laughs> I can never remember with Cthulhu. It's been forever since I've actually played Call of Cthulhu, so... Um, you know, it's it's. I'm I've never been a big massive horror fan. It, it's just one of those things. You know, it, it doesn't interest me. Fantasy's always interested me. Sci-fi's always interested me. But it, it's interesting to hear other people's perspective on it and and, and what they enjoy about it. Um. So yeah. No, I mean that that's good, man. I mean, you're trying to find the best way to do a horror, and as you say. You do it how they how they um how they do it in the movies. It's it, it's like no no control. You just you do what you can do, and if if you survive, then you survive. But if you don't, you know that you're not meant to really. Yeah, because that way, uh, I think the worst thing about uh... okay, I got Bash Golf too because I actually love that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the first thing irked me was that sanity system. You get below sanity, randomly roll on some cruddy table that tells you how you have to do... It's, no, it tells you what happens. You don't even get to decide what to do with it. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, uh, dice rolls. Uh, you've got ichthyophobia. What's that? Fear of fishes. But we're in space. No, no, table says so. Uh, I mean, you can always say, yeah, uh, the DMs intended to twerk a bit, but still... Uh, I think that shouldn't even be up to the DM. That should be up to the player. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's your character. You know what the best idea is, what the best course of action for your story is at this moment. Uh, you are the one who should be in the steering wheel. Yeah. It's your game. Mm-hmm. I-, I mean, it's your character. Do whatever you please. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, that was the, another um, game that I played was Dark Heresy, the Warhammer 40k. RPG, um, yeah. and and the sanity thing on that was it's like how how have how have we not gone on insane already from yeah uh, because you know it's like you get random amount of insanity points you might not get any insanity points I mean I pretty much went through the entire campaign up until the last mission without getting insanity points and it's like how on earth did that happen and I'm the guy that's in the middle of fighting demons. I faced up to a greater demon for crying out loud. How on earth did I not get any insanity points? But then when you actually got insanity points and you got past the threshold, it was like, it, it doesn't fit. doesn't fit for what you've seen, you know? That, that, yeah, that. it actually helps you. The more yeah. insanity you have, the easier just go, nah, whatever, I've seen worse. Yeah. But it shouldn't be like that. It, I mean, it's a horror game. Horror isn't just like splat and gore. It's not... You just staying here and oh look, gods. Yeah. No, no, it's it's different from person to person. I mean, you can't make a system that's closed. You have to have an open-ended system. It has to be a framework, yeah. sort of, uh, because you and I experience horror differently. Yeah. Uh, everybody experiences horror differently. You can't 
just generalize everything. Uh, and that's why the most important thing, why I didn't say tabletop role-playing game instead of a role-playing system, mm-hmm. because it is a game. I mean, it's a rule book, but still, it's it has to be open-ended enough so that everyone can sit at the table and say, yeah, that's horrifying for me. I want to do that thing. Yeah. And everybody can just get into the whole story aspect because uh, you're not just going to say, yeah, I rolled the die. The system forces you to roll the die, see, aha, uh-huh, this, that, uh, and this happens, this happens, and this happens to me. Yeah. You have to balance out the good and bad yourself. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's pretty... Yeah, I mean, I, I get that. Um, obviously, you know, having played quite a lot of RPGs, you know, you, you don't tend to... You tend to find a lot of systems... Or, or roll dice and you say, okay, this happens, but, you know, it's not what pushes it, it's not the narrative that's pushing it, it's the dice that's pushing it. Um, and, obviously, you only RP as much as, you know, the group RPs, but your set of rules, you have to, you know, it forces you to roleplay it, really, I suppose, um, rather than... No, uh, it's not about roleplay, because, uh, honestly... Nobody role plays the same way. That's another thing which I saw. I mean, I've been playing for 23 years now. Yeah. Uh, I played in a group where it was like, yeah, I move 25 feet, that's five squares here. Uh, I rolled a talk. I rolled the paper. Mache thingy and uh, dice, dice, dice. Uh, okay, what happens? Uh, I've played with a group which stayed in character the whole bloody session. They even had those little cards where, which they lifted when they were out of character. I mean, that was one of the most beautiful games that I ever had. I played with a group which never role-played, but actually spun the story. Uh, my character does this, uh, interacted with everybody, uh, but they were always from third-person perspective. I played with a group of uh, theater actors. Yeah. That was actually one of the most weirdest things ever because they didn't... It wasn't exactly role-play-ish as most people think that it would be with a cast of people. Uh, that, that's why, uh, I mean, uh, I never watch Critical Role. I don't watch a podcast that much. Uh, I don't like watching real-play videos because mm-hmm. most of the time you see somebody playing it and then you see yourself playing and thinking, wait, it's different. Yeah, it's different. That's the whole point of it. You're supposed to have fun. Yeah, well, I, I just started uh, a new group not that long ago, and I, all all but one of them ha- had never played any RPGs ever, or they had very limited experience. Uh, and I said to them, "Do not, do not think it's going to be like Critical Role. Don't think it's going to be like this, that, or the next thing, because it's not. Because it's going to be completely different. Because we, we're all going to play completely differently um, from, you know, I mean, these guys are voice actors in Critical Role." You know, so the, making the voices up and all the rest of that kind of stuff comes naturally to them, whereas we're just going to be playing this game. And you got to get comfortable with each other before anything, you know, massive is going to happen or any, you know, real understanding of what kind of game it's going to be is going to be. So just, just have fun. Don't don't think that it's going to be anything else. And, and it, it worked out. Unfortunately, I've had to take a wee bit of a step back, but they're still going, which is great. Um, you know, yeah. 
uh, uh, that's it. Every everyone's role playing game, everyone's role playing experience is going to be different because we are all different. We're all unique individuals, and that's how that's how it goes. Okay. Um, right. So, gonna go into the questions. So, you said you've been in the hobby for twenty three years. Yeah, that is it. Just yeah. is it just been role playing games or? No, 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 I've been for most of it. Uh, LARP, Wargaming, I mean, I tried everything. Uh, it's been most the role-playing games because it's what drives me. Mm-hmm. It's the thing that I like the most. But I've been playing everything. Uh, slowly started with Warhammer and whatnot. Uh, currently, I have a whole bloody Steiner Lance up there on my shelf, unpainted, oh, which I have to no. kind of paint. Steiner? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, I'm a... I'm a um, Draconis Combine Samurai, I'm afraid. Uh, <laughs> uh, my brother plays Draconis Combine. Uh, uh, yeah, my, my, um, I've got uh, a whole company of battle mechs. Not a whole company, a whole regiment of battle mechs sitting in boxes in my loft. Um, and there are, I'd say probably half of them are first in Yosha, the um, elite Draconis Combine guys. Not in the red, in in, <laughs> in the grey. Um, yeah, I, I mean that you you do find that sometimes though with with um, a lot of people that RPG as they did come into it through war games, especially nowadays. Um, but then you've got the guys that you know started with RPGs and have only ever done RPGs. Um, yeah, and that with war games, that's my case. Yeah. I started with. Uh... D&D 2nd edition. Uh, that was the funniest way to start because that was back in 95. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it was before D&D was actually split up in Croatia. Uh, we actually had a faxed copy of the Player's Handbook, Monstrous Manual, and Dungeon Master's Guide from the re- revisit edition of 2nd edition Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, it, it, was, it was one of those things when you just imported dice for like 10 times the cost and played yeah. it with a bunch of ruffled up old faded papers mm-hmm. Oof. Oh, I, I, I don't know that struggle because I, I started I mean my own personal uh, gaming thing started with my dad when I was like 5 playing Blood Bowl but when I started playing RPGs I was like 10-11 and it was it was the actual you know it was the books it was um, it was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from Palladium, oh. um, and then because I I was thinking about it not that long ago, I was like, did I start with that or did I start with D and D? And then I was like, no, because my mate had one of his pals who was like three or four years older than them, um, had the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and that was the first time I ever played. We never ever completed an adventure in it like because he went in a huff, but um, then. A year or two later, we started with D and D, and then you know it was it was AD and D, same as you. But then I picked up on holiday the see the red box, um, first edition. Still have it sitting again in my loft, um, but yeah, <laughs> it's. Um, but my thing has always been diversity. You know, diversity in games, and because yeah. I love it. I mean, I love all the different systems. Um, we're pl- playing Infinity 
from Modiphius, um, the two D twenty system, um, and it is fun. I mean that that that's it. I'll, I'll stop playing a system if it's not fun. It's like Shadowrun. I love the Shadowrun lore, but the systems are complete and utter mess. Um, yeah, so. I know. I I switched up to the Shadowrun Anarchy system mm-hmm. just not long ago because. Oh, the dice. The only, the only thing that surpassed Shadowrun in quantity of buckets of dice mm. was second edition Exalted, and, well, that, that's just too much. Yeah. Oh, I I, I mean, it, it's fine when you're playing a war game and you're, you're playing, like, Warhammer and you're chucking loads of dice, but when you're yeah, playing... Yeah, I, I know, but that's not that long. I mean, you yeah. chuck dice for, like, what, five minutes yeah. around? And that's, uh, honestly, if you're playing Space Marines, you're going to roll like 20 dice. Yeah. But I don't know, my brother rolled like mm-hmm. 50 or 60 dice with his old boys, and I was like, what the? Yeah. Okay, it took him like 10 minutes to see what was a pass, what was a failure. I mean, we always rolled both the attack and the damage dice at the same time. So mm-hmm. you see, ah, this, 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 this. You can just chuck off what's not working because that's the fastest way. Yeah, well, a, a lot of people use different systems, for, but use the yeah, Shadowrun yeah. Lord, don't they? I mean, that's that's the thing. We we tried uh, third edition Shadowrun because I, I I hadn't played it in forever, and I thought, oh, we'll try it out because I'd bought the rules um, years ago, uh, and then I I remembered how bad it really was, but also how bad it was laid out. You know, like, oh, can't find anything, can't figure this out. I had to get um one of the guys that's working on the RP, the Legends of Hammond Sharon with me. Um, he is quite methodical, so he went through everything and found everything. And you're like, thank God, because I am like I get lost in the rules at point. Um, yeah, that's, that's good. Um, so how often do you play? Oh, depends on the work day, but we try to play this once a week. Yeah. I haven't played in four months now due to personal stuff, but yeah. yeah. Well, I can, uh, we, I, I we, can... We used to play uh, around twice a week in middle school. I mean, we even got to level 63 in third edition. It <laughs> took us ages. Yeah. <laughs> I I can understand why you didn't have any time this week to play, having a wedding and a birthday to have. Oh. But, <laughs> um, oh, um, I I mean, it's it's hard to find time. I mean, yeah. the older you get, the harder it is. Um, I I tried to get the 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 new group to do it like once a week, but then. My personal stuff kept on getting in the way of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, oh. well, I tried. Le- I tried playtesting guys online over yeah. Discord and whatnot. And after one week, yeah, yeah, let's meet up next weekend. Personal stuff, game dropped. Yeah, well, I, I mean, that's that's why I've I've been reaching out to people, um, like um, the defenders of Cobalt from Twitch and the Discord server that they're on, and I'm on uh-huh. as well. Reaching out to them to to play test stuff, you know, yeah. pinned on the um, Twitter page for the set of rules, Facebook group, everything. I'm just like need somebody else to play test it because um, we're we're gonna get maybe once a month 
to play test it, and that's not uh, enough. I, I was actually trying to get a group myself, but in the end, only two people asked, and it was all afterwards. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm like, here's the rules, play test them, tell us what you think, um, and all, all this, that kind of stuff, because it, it's, it's easier that way than us just trying to find groups to play test the rules with, um, because the. I don't know what it's like in, in Croatia, but it is quite difficult finding people to RPG with, because all they want to do is D&D, and you're like... Yeah, same, about the same, yeah. Uh, basically, what a lot of new people say, yeah, I want to play, but I want to play D&D, because that's the definitive role-playing experience. So I was like, yeah. but guys, why are you playing in d We're playing an SF game, uh, guys. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, D and D, I do enjoy it, and I, I even enjoy the newest edition, um, far more than um, other editions, but not as much as second edition. But you can't go back because everyone wants to play fifth edition. You're like, I okay, no, no problem. But at the same time, you're like, oh, this, this, this does not work. This does not work. Too much gold. Uh, um, somebody on Twitter was talking about it the other day, or maybe last week, about the reason why you know there's been such a a gold creep and a, a and a power creep in the last couple of editions. It's because they took like when you got to a certain level in D and D, you automatically started getting followers, and then you had to pay for them. So yeah. then, as you got more powerful and the more adventures you went on, the more gold you got, the more followers you got, mm-hmm. so the more you're having to pay out to look after those followers. And that's why there's so much gold. But then they took that out. And then you're like, well, I'm still getting all this money. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I mean, uh, I have once made a. Terrible, terrible mistake. Uh, I gave my players a low free, but player around two hundred fifty thousand gold coins in yeah. Pathfinder first edition. I was like, oh, right. Basically, broke the whole game. Yeah. Yup. That that that'll that'll do it. Um, I I do think they did bring out the the follower rules, but and but and unless you've been playing from playing with those rules from the beginning, then it's not going to help much when they've got ridiculous amounts of gold and can buy any magic item you want. Exactly. Uh, honestly, I think it's a novice in the system because uh, I'm not a fan of the... Yeah, the DM should fix it. Yeah, you could fix this. That's the same thing as I could use. I don't know what for what not. But uh, right tool at right time is better than wasting time on the tools. I mean, as I'm getting older, I'm seeing... Yeah, I used to play AD&D. We played everything in it. We tweaked the rules. We house rule. But yeah. right now, I want to pick up a rule book, say, yeah, okay, let's play this type of game, be done with the game preparation, like, two days max, and say, guys, create characters. Now that my players can create characters in, like, five hours, and say, yep, let's play. Yeah. Well, that's I mean, that, that that's why I do, like, the motif here is 2d20 systems because yeah. you know everything's there and um, you don't have money you have assets 
you can buy stuff, but you need you need to actually be able to find them, which is which yeah. is good. You you can't just go all right. I'm buying that. You have to be able to find it. You have to be able to afford it for one, um, and you have to be able to find it. And it when you find it, it might cost more than you thought it was going to cost. So you need to have that amount of money. Um, also, it might be illegal. So that 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 um, does some things. But at the same time, you know, um, where was I going? With? My train of thought has actually just went off there. Um, yeah, I mean, you create characters in like two hours. You don't you don't have to take forever to build a character. It takes. You just have to go through all this. The only reason it took us two hours is because everyone was going through one rule book. That's why. <laughs> it, uh, it, honestly, uh, I would say that my current biggest problem with the rule book is that. I need to give some kind of player companion for free with it. Yeah. Uh, it takes between two and five hours to make a character. That's because the system is complicated. I mean, it's easy. Step one, pick what you're going to play. Step two, assign attributes. Step yeah. three, buy gear. Step four, calculate everything according to the character sheet. And it's literally, sum it up, is this above four? Yes. Point, this, 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 this. Five things, you're done. Yeah. Okay. Options. Oh. Yeah, I mean that's that's another thing with our set rules. Um, I can do it in about what half an hour, but that's because I know the construction rules because I wrote the construction rules because I I know everything, but and I know what fits with that particular type of character. Yeah. Whereas when somebody's starting, it's a first ever game. It's going to take them two or three hours to figure out, okay, I want to be that kind of character. That works with that, that works with that. But, you know, we'll, we'll see, we'll see. Because uh, you you want to make it a success, don't you? You, know, you always want to make it a success, but you don't want to do too much um, for free. Because that's that's going to take up time, but yeah, I mean, I can understand that. I mean, Modifius did that with all their sets of rules. They did like ca- character, um, like basic rules with the character construction. They did PDFs of them, so that that's something you could do. But yeah, um, uh, honestly, my idea was not even to do rules, just character creation. Yeah. I no, uh, that's 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 not too much work, is it? <laughs> no, that's actually compiling a bit of stuff, but it'll take me like a few hours once the rulebook is actually out. Yeah. Once I primary uh, problem is I need to get it edited. Then yeah. I'll see how much stuff will be fixed by it, because I think that most of the problems will be solved once the rulebook gets a uh, native English speaker's attention. Mm-hmm. And professional editing. Yeah. That, that's the kind of the biggest problem. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My problem sometimes is I, I um, slide into Scots. So sometimes I actually write in Scots. I don't know why. My brain just goes there because I know I know that way. But you know, you you have to go back and go. No, you have to put in actual English, David. Yeah, because it has to be not accessible to native speakers. Yeah. It has to be understandable by people like me. And yeah. I, 
I mean, uh, it's a hard thing because uh, I've noticed a lot of non-English speaking people do not get English speaking phrases. Uh, there's a large English language barrier that because it's, it's idioms. Idioms yeah. don't translate. Yeah. Because you know, I'm trying to think a, a different an idiom that you know, and and somebody's language means a completely different thing. Somebody else's language means a completely think different thing. I mean, I, I don't know if any other language has idioms, but I'm sure they do. Um, I'm sure idioms in that language don't work in English because it's like, well, I don't understand what that means. So, and a lot of native English speakers speaking a lot of idioms. So, yeah, that, that, that and also slang, you know. That, and that, not to speak that uh, concept do not translate well. Yeah. Uh, you you can have a concept and explain it to somebody, but it loses the impact it has mm-hmm. when it's in the native language. Yeah. Yeah. I can understand that. I, I mean, they say the be- one of the best places to learn English is Scotland, because if you can understand the Scots, you can understand everyone, but <laughs> it's, it's still understanding some Same of the shit. Same thing my teacher told me about German. Yeah. Uh, if you want to learn German, go to Austria. Yeah. Learn Austrian, lower Polish German, because if you understand them, you understand everything. Because yeah. you have to know Hochdeutsch to understand the Polish, and if you want to understand the Polish, you need to know Polish. Fair enough. Yeah. But uh, it's the same in Ireland as well. That, that's another good place to learn English because, my God, do they not speak bloody English there? Sometimes I can't understand them. Um, I was over there a couple of years ago and it's like you need to get them to slow down a wee bit. We talk fast, but they talk really fast. And you're like, oh. Yeah. I know you're speaking English, but stop. Slow. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that. Um, I get that... Uh, might be it is going to be more difficult for you, obviously, because you don't speak English as your first language. Though your English is probably actually better than me. Um, Thanks, but the problem is that English isn't even my second language. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, let's not get into the discussion about how other languages shape your perception and your writing style. Because yeah. right now, uh, the moment when I think about something, mm-hmm. if it equates to a specific thing in a language, I'll think in that language. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of made a problem right now because I started learning Welsh. Mm. And there's a few concepts in w- that the Welsh language has, but English doesn't. And yeah. when I try to translate it from Welsh to English, it's impossible. I mean, it, it is possible, but it just isn't the same. Yeah. Well, and, I, I was going to say um, Welsh and Gaelic and Gaelic and um, Manx. And yeah, that's just something. They're all they're all interrelated languages. So, and I cannot speak. My my little cousin, she grew up in Uist, one of the islands, and they speak Gaelic. Um, and it's my mother tongue, but I cannot understand the bloody word of what they say, and I can't get my head around it. I'd love to be able to speak it, but pff, nope. Um. Right, so what is your rule set of choice? Rule set of choice? Ah, oh, depends on the game. Mm. I'm not going to say this or that because uh, 
if I want to play some fantasy, I'll go with AD&D because yeah. that's the rules that I know the most. Yeah. Uh, if it's going to be something more realistic, I'll go with GURPS or uh, with Fudge. Mm-hmm. If it's going to be horror, I would have said Call of Cthulhu, but right now as I'm working on my own system, yeah. I'm going to say my system. Uh, they're supers. They're, they're uh, the system just has to fit the tone of the game. You, I can't, I just can't play D&D anymore if I want to. This or that, it's fancy, done. Yeah. Straight up fancy, nothing else. So, yeah. there are no preferred systems, there are no preferred genres, and I'll work with it. Yeah. Um, I was going to... So, if you're playing D&D, what's your favourite character class? Oh, Paladin. Paladin. Or Cleric. <laughs> Both work. Yeah. Um... Cool. Um, no, that that thing about D and D that it doesn't fit every every peg for every hole. Um, I can't remember who it was. That was one of the Twitch or YouTube channels. They were doing a Mass Effect set of rules with Fifth Edition, and you're like, there's so many other rule sets that you could use. And again, this was somebody on Twitter was like, they had a list of rules that you could use that would, you'd be better off with massive than Mass Effect. And then people were going, ah, but people play 5th edition more than they do this set of rules or that set of rules. It's like, well, you're wanting to showcase the the world rather than the set of rules. So you're wanting to use a set of rules that actually fits the world. Right? I mean, you can, you can do everything. You, you can... You can always can. It's not a question if you can. You can. End mm-hmm. of story. Change any system to fit any kind of game. But is it worth the time spent modifying it? That, that's a better question. Yeah. Yeah. If it's too crunchy or the narrative doesn't work, and then you're spending time for a set of rules that isn't going to be that great, I think. And but you know. That, that's my thought on it. Um, if you could play a uh, rule set from past, what would you like to try? Uh, honestly, I've played most of it. Yeah. Uh, I, I went through all the editions of AD&D, uh, from the brand box, original, D&D, basic, BSMI. Uh, I really tried playing every system of uh, uh, once I started yeah. working on my own and right now any system I could play which I played from the past from the past again AD&D 2nd edition mainly due to nostalgia and due yeah. to the fact that I know the system in and out word by word so if you want to explain a wee bit more about the, the rule set then you've already gone into just to give people a, well maybe a a fla- flavour of a turn or something like that, um, just just for people to understand a wee bit more. If you yeah, get sure. What exactly want me to go over? I mean, uh, we can do everything. No, just like a like a basic turn. Like, um, have you got? Um, oh, my brain is not doing what I wanted to do. So, like an exact the example of. Of play for ah for the game uh, yeah. well the easiest way to explain it it's I'll just rephrase one of my play testers mm-hmm. uh, it's a guy who's been playing since eighty nine mm-hmm. so 
30 years straight. Uh, he played every system with me, played everything. Mm-hmm. He, he is an absolute unit when it comes to role-playing games. And after a few sessions, he didn't, he said, no, 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 I'm not going to comment it, we're going to play it. Mm-hmm. He played, he went into the character, he did everything, and after about five or eight playtesting sessions, once the current iteration of rules was done, mm-hmm. uh, basically his reaction was, this is an unholy baby. Spawn of Gods, Silent Hill, Vampire the Masquerade, and your fascination with Resident Evil. I don't know what you did. Just keep doing it. <laughs> Basically, it's it's a crunchy system that works with narration in a way that it kind of forces you to intertwine the rules and the story while also making sure that you as the character have to decide everything for a character. Mm-hmm. And all in all, I would say that the system... Is that just just a system? It's a framework. Yeah. Rather than a set of rules. Yeah, because uh, even the rule book states: the first moment you find something boring, just drop it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's what I think a lot of sets of rules should actually say. Um, first time you find something boring, drop it. Find something else to replace it. Um, I know they they started adding that to. Um, D&D that you know this is yeah, a framework still, uh, D&D is D&D it's it's immutable in my opinion it's just something that doesn't change yeah it's there it, it's a monolith it's what it is I mean you can change it but it will be still the same thing at its core because the core mechanics say it is exactly that mm-hmm. you can roleplay as much as you want but at that moment I will play the devil's advocate why do we even have rules why don't we just play make-believe and say, uh-uh, yeah, uh-uh, yeah. yeah. Because the rules are there to limit that kind of intera- uh, interaction between people. Yeah, I, I mean, the the one of the biggest issues I've I found with D&D is it's so combat-orientated that, you know, your experience is combat-orientated, you know. You... Yeah, basically everything goes down to how many goblins you kill. Yeah. Um, which is something that uh, I wanted to get away from. So, you know, you get experience for passing skill tests rather than it just being, oh, we've got into combat and we fought these these guys. We've got a couple hundred XP from it between us. And, you know, every time you pass a skill test, no matter how easy it was, how hard it was, you gain experience. I, I wanted to go along the same lines of... Not exactly like Elder Scrolls, but you know, every time you you succeed um, doing something in Elder Scrolls, you get experience, you get better at it. Yeah, um, it kind of reminds me of Consortium's uh, basic roleplay system. Succeed, mm-hmm. see if you increase that skill. Yeah. After game ends and so on. Yeah. Well, it wasn't so much as you know you improve in the skill; it was you get experience for it. Which you can use to improve your skill, but you can also improve, use to improve other things. Um, because obviously, you know, if you're trying to pop a lock, you know, you're using your dexterity, you know, you're using your mind to try and figure out, right, okay. So it's, it's not just 
the the doing of the you know the the improving on the skill it's uh-huh. everything that you could do to improve actually I need to put I'd put that in the rules I think probably hmm. that, that's a thought anyway ah so that that's uh, what we're doing is kind of like um one of the adventures is going to be because we're going to do a couple of different playtest adventures and there's each one of us is writing one. One of the guys is writing a purely puzzle adventure. So uh-huh. it's, it's going to be skill tests and, and being able to figure out from there what the the puzzles are. So that's... I, I hope... I mean, we did play... Um, what's the name of it? Through the Breach, the weird... See the guys that do Malifo, they yeah. their RPG. We played a p- almost purely puzzle um, based adventure doing that, uh, and mm-hmm. everyone seemed to well, apart from me, because it's not my my um, brightest spark is is doing puzzles. Um, you know, I mean, I still enjoyed parts of it, but you know, it, the other people enjoyed it. So that that's the thing. We want to make it so everyone can experience it. If you don't like doing combat, then you don't need to do a combat adventure. You can do a diplomacy adventure. You can do a um, puzzle adventure. You can do exploration adventure. You know, anything. You know, something that I find that D&D doesn't do is caters for everyone. It, It caters for people who want to play combat. And if you want to play combat, you're as well going and playing Warhammer. Exactly. Yeah, I mean that that that's that's what we're trying to get away from. So, I, I mean, I'm going through like a lot of people that are doing all their own things. You know, trying to interview them for podcasts and stuff, and it's like getting more ideas for, for your own my own RPG because it's like. Hmm, that's an interesting take. Hmm, that's an interesting take. Uh, and you're like, hmm. Yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, I like talking to people about uh-huh. RPGs because, obviously, you know, there's there's a finite amount of people that you've got to talk about at home. So getting to talk to more people, that's, that's why I've quite enjoyed Twitter. And that's, you know, that's how i found quite a lot of people. And, yeah. and that... Different perspectives is important, I think. Um, so yeah, I honestly think that uh, Twitter right now mm-hmm. is the best way to get in touch with other creators. Yeah. Mainly as they they are just there, and people are really open to talking mm-hmm. about the system and sharing ideas yeah. that you can easily see if your idea works, if it's in intended for exactly mm-hmm. what you want if it works this way if it doesn't work that way yeah. you can easily measure it up to something mm-hmm. the worst thing about uh i would say the worst thing that i had about working in Croatia mm-hmm. on my system for five years was that there was nobody i could comment about yeah. uh, my players play it this way mm-hmm. no matter how i present it it's going to be always the same thing it's going yeah. to be what they want to play you never know if it's going to be something people want to play. Yeah. Well, that that, that was the. I mean, I I've only been on 
Twitter for what six months, and I'm like, it it gave me one of the biggest pushes to actually go and start this because I thought I'm seeing all these people doing, oh I'm doing these adventures, I'm doing that, I'm doing the next thing, and they're like, oh I'm doing more RPG, and it's like, well I've had that idea in my head for ever because I've had the the world in my head for how long have I been playing D and D? Twenty twenty odd years, and I'm like, I've had that that world running through my head and and through the years. So I'm like, well, I want a set of rules that actually works for it. I don't want. I mean, yes, D and D works for certain things, but you know, you add this and you add the next thing, and it starts to break. And you you want to do this kind of adventure. It doesn't really cater for it. So that that was my idea behind doing this. But yeah, Twitter has Twitter has a lot of um good people to talk to and, and walk through things. And as you say, it's it's different um people that might want to play the rules and they're gonna give you an opinion on it, which which is good because you know, you you don't want to live in a vacuum, do you? When you when you're writing a set of rules. Yeah, you get what I'm meaning. Get living in a vacuum. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't have any more questions. Um, you got anything else you want to? Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. no. My, no. my brain's not working either. No, uh, it's it's the it's, heat's killing me. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's because of, I, I I was trying to get to bloody sleep last night and it was just so warm that my brain wasn't wanting to shut off. It was like, no, you can't go to sleep. No, I need to go to sleep. I can't go to sleep. Yeah, so... Um, thanks for doing this, man. I really appreciate it. Um, um So, keep us updated on... Uh, well, I'll keep everyone updated on how everything's going. Um, and I hope you get everything sorted soon so you can get the rules out and we can play them. Alrighty. Yeah, sure. Uh, honestly, the rules are done. Yeah. System's finished. The only thing that I have to do is get it straightened out. And well, that's gonna be fun with with the uh, actual founding. Mm, yeah, I, I I've seen the thing with um, with you that you, you can't do Kickstarter or anything yeah, like that yeah, because yeah, of Croatia law. Is not allowed on almost yeah. any kind of crowdfunding site or nothing. And with that, it's kind of a problem because I have to secure some kind of initial funds. Yeah. Uh, if I don't do that, most people won't even talk to me. I was. Yeah. I was just told by a company mm-hmm. like two or three months ago that, nah, sorry, uh, we won't do it. Yeah, your system's good, everything's cool and everything, but you're from Croatia. Mm-hmm. Uh, how can you guarantee to us without some kind of initial funding that it'll be okay? I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah, I mean that. That's I've seen a couple of people from Croatia and um, places like that that you know don't do crowdfunding. They're not allowed crowd crowdfunding, so um, it's like oh, I'm having so much trouble tr- just trying to get past that first hurdle. Yeah, uh, I talked to Zoltan actually uh, from the Waking RPG. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was as far as I understood him. It took him. Almost a year of uh, securing funds to actually get to the first Kickstarter. Yeah. 
So uh, with the current position which I'm in, I, I think it will take me. If I just do my own founts, it will take me a year or two to get to the editing part. Yeah. Yeah. That, is, that sucks, man. Because it's... I think sometimes those of us that don't have that issue just go, oh, well, I, I can just go on Kickstarter or I can do Patreon and I can get the funds for it. But then you got to think, you know, it's not that easy for everyone. Um, but because I, I, I was talking to somebody about um, having the money to do the artwork, and I mean, you know... Ooh, I, yeah, I, I'm... I, uh... I, I was told by the guys that I should secure around a thousand euros, if not more, mm-hmm. for the initial artwork and everything, so I can get a Kickstarter started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, "Yeah, uh, right." Yeah, thousand euros. That's that's like what I mean. Right now, that would be what. Yeah, in my current self, okay. Let's do this. Uh, one creation kuna equals to one. US dollar mm-hmm. worth of buying power. Yeah. 1,000 euros is about 7,500 kunas. So mm-hmm. that'll be the same thing if somebody in the US main area, mm-hmm. so let's say New York and that part, mm-hmm. would take $7,000 just to get yeah. the initial five or six pieces of art. Yeah. Well, I, no, I, I get that because um, currently I'm working part-time so i'm like well i don't have the money to get that i I really need to get patreon and stuff sorted out because otherwise i'm not going to get the money for it Uh, i mean i've got patreon and Mm -hmm. coffee and everything but Mm -hmm. i've noticed that people do not like uh paying for unfinished products Uh, they want a done thing Mm -hmm. they want to see somebody invested money into it so that they get something out of it instead of yeah uh that's that that does seem to be the thing, doesn't it? I mean, you do see some people are, that that do use Patreon and stuff, like that, and they're getting places, but then they're few and far between. It's like you need to have that money. It's like I need to win the bloody lottery to to actually be able to fund my my, my game, and then it becomes a, a job. I don't really want it to to feel like a job, you know. I mean, doing it full-time would be great, but at the same time, you're doing it on your own. Um, You know, doing it in your own time makes it more fun, because you're not... Yeah, I I know, but still, uh, doing it in your own time while still trying to be professional is utterly hard. I mean, I I could finish the system like tomorrow and have it at some kind of a hobby level, but... People would complain that it's a hobby level game. Yeah, that's that's that in it. You you don't want to be a hobby level game. You want it to actually be a professional set of rules that that people yeah, want exactly. to go out and spend money to pay, play. Because again, it's the as you said, people don't want to pay that kind of money, and people aren't wanting to pay the kind of money for actual professional level stuff. You know, I've seen stuff where people are complaining or um two hundred like a two hundred seventy page um setting book $40 yeah. it's like what's wrong with paying $40 for for a, a setting book that size I'd pay that uh, I'd happily uh, pay that I know and the thing that now I'm confused about is telling people yeah look uh, I'm making a system the whole system will be like 5 euros per book yeah 
in digital edition and the physical hard copy book currently should be 25 euros yeah. without the postage. Mm-hmm. The postage for it maximally, the worst case scenario is 15 euros. So for 40 euros, mm-hmm. you not only get it delivered to your home, yeah. you also get the full book, mm-hmm. full print quality, uh, honestly, uh, Minkan paper. That's 120 grams per square meter of paper. That, mm-hmm. That's That's high-quality gloss paper, uh, 180% ink saturation. Uh, uh, I even I even organized that, that, that little uh, strip of the, I don't know what it's called in English, the little strip of cloth that you put into the book to mark where you're... Ah, bookmark. Yeah, but it, it has a... It ah, has it's got another name, name. I can't remember the name myself. Yeah. The, the cloth bookmarker mm-hmm. inside the hardcover book. I, I mean, and people tell me, yeah, uh, soft co- digital edition, sorry, digital edition is, 20, is 35 euros mm-hmm. for a 200 pages book. Mm-hmm. Like, uh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't understand the mentality of some people these days. They, they just expect something for nothing. And it's like, well, Lots of time, energy, and resources have gone into doing this. Pay the if you want it, pay the money. Just that's that's it. If you don't want it, then fine. But if you want it, you need to pay the money. That's that that has become my um, philosophy and everything. It's because I, I I've been a commission painter um, yeah, for, yeah. for models, and people are oh, can you do it for this? No, this is the price. Oh, I, but I can get you exposure and stuff like that and it's like no no don't care pay the money or, or yeah, I, I don't I do it and the worst thing is when you say to people yeah I don't actually want a lot of money I mean I want a lot of money I'm not going to lie yeah. but with a lot of money I don't mean like I need 10,000 euros per month yeah. uh, honestly yeah with 150 euros a month mm-hmm. yeah. that, that, that's that's almost a CEO level of pay yeah great and people are confused what you're doing it cheap but yeah i'm doing it cheap because unfortunately everything here is cheap yeah yeah i mean that's that's it isn't it is you're doing it on a price for what what you need to get back from it whereas you know someday from i mean rent and here in scotland is but three you know, well For a decent place, it's £350-£400 a week, so, or not a week, a month. So it's more than, you know, it, it's it's all about perspective in it. It's all about how much everything costs where you're from, rather than that. And that depends on how much you're needing to get for everything. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. My, my, yeah, it's hard. It's, it's, it's economy. It's hard as... Yeah, it's, it's probably the hardest thing to understand <laughs> for for me. Um, is right. Okay, I need to. Yeah. If if we started talking about that, it would be at it for hours. Um, I know. <laughs> uh, I, I, again, I, I want to thank you for coming on, and you know, I will keep everyone updated on how things are going when when you publish and everything and hopefully hopefully it'll be soon enough. Yeah, okay. hopefully. Yeah. 
Right. Thanks very much, mate. No problem, mate. Right. So that is the interview with Philip uh, Lochner from Audley Publishing, and that is, that was that was a really interesting conversation. Um, it only lasted about an hour, but I'm sure we could have gone on for hours and hours. I was I know there's parts of it that there was some stilton, some um, me trying to figure things out, but it's very warm here. Um, and it, it's kind of frying my brain in a wee bit. Um, so, uh, if you want to follow Phil's progress, it's at Ordolea, um, capital P, as the Twitter account, or just type in Ordolea Publishing, it's O R D O E L E A. Uh, on that there is the details of his Patreon and his coffee account uh, if you want to help him out towards actually getting the Domain City Roads published because as you can help there you know you can't really get Kickstarter going um, because of the laws of Croatia um, so you know he needs help please help if you can um, I- I'd like to see it get published because it's been a long time he's been working at it um, and while it's not my thing I do like to support fellow RPG writers it's why I'll support people till the day that they show me that they're a fucking dick and you know that there's there's a few people that showed me very quickly on Twitter that they're fucking dick um, and got blocked um, but you know that that's that's my personal opinion. Um, we'll not get into it. Um, yes, uh, you might have heard me talking about World Anvil, and I am going to shell World Anvil. I'm not getting any money for it. I'm not getting it, getting it for free. Nothing like that. I just think it's fucking awesome. Um, it's www.worldanvil.com. World Anvil is a online tool. Um, to allow you to build a campaign world or build an RPG world or build a you know if you're a writer building a world building your world in one place that you can do loads of stuff with you know you can link species and countries and um, cities and you can even link rivers and seas and stuff to actual places so it's, it's very very cool product I highly recommend if you are a DM or an RPG writer or uh, even just a writer um, you have a look at it it's not just um, limited to uh, fantasy either um, which is awesome because it means when I'm doing stuff other than Legend Hammer and own so if I'm doing uh, a science fiction or a, a real world um campaign, I can use it for when I'm doing that as well, um, which I'm actually quite quite, quite happy about, to be honest um, so yeah, highly recommend it it's uh, worldanvil.com um, there are there's a free level which I think probably for GMs is probably the best um, I'm currently using the journeyman level, which is 3 99 I think per month um, you can get a deal on that. Um, there is four different levels above three. There's journeyman, there's professional, 
or something else. And then there's Sage. Sage is quite a lot of money, actually. Um, but, you know, it's the more you pay, obviously, the more stuff, more um, features you get. But having the perf the journeyman one is good enough for us right now. Um, so that's that's what, I, what I'm on. Um, I'll talk about it in... I'll probably do a YouTube video of it um, in the next couple of weeks um, and upload that and get the... I, I need to get the YouTube, um, the Yogi Dave's YouTube running a wee bit more. Obviously, I need to do the Legends of Hammond show as well. I need to I need to get it um, pushed a wee bit more than I have been um, because I've been letting that slip um, and that's not going to help. So... Uh, I'm going to see that's that's it for me for today I'm going to say good day and happy hobby